Welcome to the Career Chat Room, where we focus on job searching and landing. I'm your host, Erin Sergi. Welcome back to the Career Chat Room. Today, my guest is Philip Rothowski, and Phil is a former colleague of mine. I've asked Phil to be here today because he is an expert on the corporate campus recruiting function, and and he has insights into how companies recruit on campus that I think is really important to share with our listeners. So welcome, Phil. Would you please take a moment to introduce yourself before we jump into our interview? Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for having me here. And I'm really excited. I haven't done a podcast in a very long time. So I'm really, really excited to, to be here. Um, my name is Phil. I've been uh, in the early talent space for about 10 years. My entire professional career so far has been working with college students in one capacity or other. Um, I began my career living and working on college campuses in Northeast Ohio um, in career services, residence life, um, academic advising, um, and then moved into kind of the corporate recruiting side of things Um you know, fairly soon, soon thereafter. Um, I've been at three different Fortune 500 companies and their university relations teams uh, over the past few years. And so I've always had a, a very, uh, you know, very much a passion for the early talent space and kind of working with folks who are relatively new in their careers. So really excited to, to be here and hopefully share some helpful insights with, uh, with all of you. Thank you for accepting my invitation to join me in the career chat room. <laughs> Let's jump right in. So um, what should students be doing to be ready for landing an internship experience. And I think that that they there could be differences between um, if you're a freshman or sophomore or junior, but there might not be. Is there any point that's too early to start thinking about internships and, and how to get ready? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that a lot from students when I'm talking to them out on campus. People that are coming in as you know freshmen, they think it's it's way too early to start thinking about an internship. They think that a lot of companies aren't, uh, you know, aren't looking for folks kind of at that level. Um, and so a lot of them just kind of, skip out that first year or so of, of those career uh, career fairs. And I certainly don't think there's there's any point in your career when it's too early to start thinking about an internship. I've had a lot of folks who are kind of in high school who are already starting to think about what they're going to be doing during their college, their college internship experiences. And so certainly no point that I think uh, is too early. I do think there are certain points kind of during your, your career when you can be doing different types of things to, to best prepare yourself. Um, you know, a lot of companies, when they're looking at potential intern candidates, they are looking for, you know, kind of rising, rising juniors, rising seniors for a lot of those types of roles, because a lot of them uh, kind of use an internship program as sort of a pipeline to full-time roles. And so we're trying to make sure that, you know, kind of we're looking at people who are ready to graduate and kind of move into those types of roles. Um, and so, if, you know, if a company that you're interested in is sort of looking for that, I think, you know, it's a really great time when you're maybe a freshman or just starting out in college to, you know, visit a career fair, talk to some of these employers, understand what it is they're looking for, um, get yourself connected with some of those recruiters. It's a really great time to start building your brand, right? Talking about kind of what you're interested in, um, what makes you excited, why you're interested in that particular company. Um, and a lot of times those recruiters will, will take notes and they'll remember you so that when you go back, you know, when you're a sophomore or junior and you're looking for that internship more, a little bit more actively, um, they'll remember you. They'll remember those conversations. They'll remember something about your story. Um, and it'll kind of help spark a little bit of a, of a conversation when uh, when you're kind of at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, There's like a relationship building aspect to both the relationship with the company and the relationship with mm-hmm. the recruiter too that you can take advantage of um, because it's it, the university. <laughs> in a company, we call it the university relations department, right? <laughs> There's a relationship uh, building component to it. You know, sometimes I get... Um, people who are looking at internships and they do see in the 
in the job posting that you must be a rising, you know, we, we're looking for rising seniors or we're looking for rising juniors and they might be, you know, not a rising uh, or, you know, not a rising senior or junior and maybe they're just a freshman and they, they, they decide not to even apply to that position because they don't want to, you know, not follow directions. Um, and I sometimes will say to them, no, you know what, there's no harm in, mm -hmm. in you're motivated and you're just because you're not a rising senior or junior um, that you're not potentially a good candidate or that you're not motivated. So I think they worry that they're going to maybe d damage the relationship with the company by applying too soon. But I don't think you, I don't think you can really. Um, no, no, by putting that foot forward. No, I certainly don't think so. And I, I get a similar question about, you know, I, I see a list of 15 bullet points that, you know, employees are looking for, for an internship. Like if I don't meet all 15 of those, can I not apply? And, you know, my, my response almost all the time is, no, by all means, please, please do apply. You know, a lot of those, you know, there are some pieces of it that are that are sort of hard, uh, hard and fast requirements, right? If you're looking for a certain major or, you know, a certain GPA, a lot of times companies will use kind of harder cutoffs for things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of the roles, you know, they'll, they'll post roles and, and kind of some some preferences and things that they're that are preferred. You know, they've hired candidates who don't have, uh, you know, a specific programming language experience, for example, but they're willing to learn, they're able to learn, they've been able to demonstrate that they're able to learn and pick up on new things. Um, and so I, I certainly think, you know, there are lots of opportunities where, you know, if you don't meet all those qualifications, there's, there's certainly no harm in, 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 in applying. I don't think, I, don't, I certainly don't think, at least, at least in the companies that I've worked for in the past, that you're going to be penalized for, for right. doing that. Yeah. And and even the major, the majors list, I feel like, mm -hmm. um, you know, a company tries to go, do a good job of think of all the different majors that might be a good fit for this role. But there might be a major at your school that you're in that that you see would be a great fit for this position just because it's not listed on the list of majors. I mean, you know, if you're mm -hmm. if it's a nursing or something, you know, accounting or something like that, you know, when you're not an accounting major, that maybe that's a stretch. But there's a lot of opportunities, I think, that where there's a, a large number of majors that could be a fit. And if you think your major fits, then, then why not? Um, yeah. And then, you know, the other thing is uh, when they ask for, um, you know, they want someone who has prior internship experience, right? And mm -hmm. what if you don't have prior internship experience? Like, you know, how much, I, I guess, how do you, how are ways that you could get experience that you could put on your resume that recruiters might value, even if you don't have that that prior internship experience? Um is, is there anything that you, you know, as a recruiter might look at on someone's resume and be like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of, that's good experience too. I, I'll, I'll, I value that also. Um, anything yeah. that's particular? Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, I've, I've worked in this space for a while and I, I, I most of us in early career talent recognize that a lot of, of folks are coming out there looking for their first experience and, you know, it's, it's, impossible to gain experience and and to build on that you know if you are required to have have some formal experience right it's a kind of a a cycle that you can't break into and so i think there are a lot of different opportunities and ways to craft your resume in a way to highlight some of those kind of non-traditional types of, of experiences right you know i think most of the students that I talk to have some sort of um, leadership involvement in in a club or or a society, whether that's sort of an academic related organization um, like the National Society of Black Engineers, for example, on campus, um, or if it's something a little bit more uh, more social or or kind of um, athletic in nature. I've had a lot of students who, you know, were a captain of of a tennis team, for example, and a lot mm -hmm. of those leadership skills are very transferable and make a lot of sense for 
a lot of the types of roles that that we're hiring for. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of a lot of folks who have volunteered in their communities. They've led different um, you know um, mission trips, for example, with their with their community, or they've uh, volunteered at a food pantry and kind of led different types of events like that. And so. I think there are a lot of different ways to be a little bit more creative about some of those experiences. Like I said, I think a lot of those types of skills that we're looking for, right, leadership, uh, collaboration, communication, a lot of those skills can be picked up, you know, in those types of different arenas that aren't necessarily a formal, you know, internship experience. One of the one of the other big ones that I had seen was uh, I had recruited another role for uh kind of hard science students, right? Biologists, chemists, um, and folks like that. And so yeah. a lot of those folks did um, a lab a lab experience on campus where they worked in a lab for a semester under a professor. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't, they, you know, it was kind of a little bit more of an academic focused experience. It was a lot of times it counted as a course credit. And so students thought that for some reason they weren't allowed to use that as sort of an experience. And I said, that's a, that's a very direct, direct connection right. to what we're looking for, for these internship roles. So please, by all means, if you have lab experiences, if you have any of those types of kind of on-campus employment, uh, I think that's a really, really great way to kind of showcase some of those skills in a different type of way. So don't shy away from that. Yeah. And you can craft your resume so that you can highlight those things and actually kind of put bullets underneath it, just like you would a, a, a traditional mm-hmm. work experience. It doesn't have to just be a kind of an other activities sort of entry on your resume. You can build mm-hmm. it out a little bit more depending on how significant your your role was in it. Yeah. yeah that's especially really good, good especially you think of some of those soft skills, right? A lot of those things are harder to harder to call out in sort of a more traditional type of internship experience. Whereas mm-hmm. if you were, you know, a leader of a student organization, you probably have some really great examples of communication, of collaboration with other student organizations or other leaders. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really, really great way to kind of call that out and bring it to the forefront. Those are harder to get at in an interview. And so, you know, if you're able to highlight those in a different way, I think that's a that will really give you kind of a leg up and a step forward. Yeah, something, uh, an experience that um, I, I love to um, uh, highlight that I think people don't always think of as as a as a like a professional work experience is is when you when you're a um, a camp counselor. Um, mm. So I, I love camp counselor as like an experience to highlight uh, because if you think about the leadership skills, like you talked about the soft skills, the leadership skills, being a camp counselor, um, that certainly uh, pushes your your, uh, that just certainly pushes you in the direction of of leading chaos, <laughs> yeah. uh, depending on how old how old the kids are. Um, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of these things um, that you're that we're talking about putting on your resume um, are things that can help you to set yourself up so that these digital platforms, the AI, the the you know the uh, applicant tracking systems. Um, they they can discover you if you use the right words. How do you how do you make sure that you can you're best setting yourself up to be dis, you know discoverable um, using those systems? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I know a lot of companies, just about every company that I've worked for, has used some sort of digital platform as a way to help us find and connect with the with the right students. As you can imagine, there are are lots and lots of college students out there looking for opportunities, and so we're trying to make sure that we are looking for the folks that best match kind of what we're looking for, just to make it a little bit easier for mm-hmm. selfishly uh, for for us, but also you know a better experience for for the candidates and the students that we're talking to. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of platforms out there. I can I can speak you know about a platform like like Handshake, for example, that a lot of universities use. 
as sort of their career services platform of, of choice, right? Where they, you know, all the students that are coming in are automatically generated a basic profile um, that are kind of attached to their major and, and those types of things that come directly from the university. Um, but there's often an opportunity there for you to go in and kind of edit and tweak your profile a little bit, build it out and make it a little bit more robust, right? You're able to add mm -hmm. in specific courses that you took, specific leadership examples that you've had. Um, you can kind of connect and follow certain companies so you can get more kind of regular updates from them about, about opportunities that they have that are of interest to you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a thing that a lot of students tend to forget about, right? That LinkedIn is another piece. I think a lot of folks tend to think that LinkedIn is for, um, <laughs> for people in, in my generation and above, and a lot of younger people don't use that. But I think that's another piece where, you know, a lot of us as recruiters will go in and we'll do some targeted searches and some, some keyword searches if we're looking for specific majors or experiences in a certain geographic area, for example. And if you're not going out and spending the time to craft and create a profile that's robust and that will pull some of that really great information, you know, you're kind of stuck with that bare, bone, bare bones profile that your university sets up for you that just sort of has your major, your graduation year, and your GPA, for example. And so, you know, if we're looking for folks that had a Python coding course, for example, or if they have experience with, with C Sharp, um, if that's not in your profile, we're, we're probably going to miss you and we're not going to be able to connect with you directly and send you kind of some of those opportunities. And so um, it, it can be annoying, it can be tedious. Um, I know, you know, when I was a student, it was sort of uh, those platforms were, were very new. Um, I hadn't had a chance to use it as a student yet, but yeah. um, I think it's it's very much worth your while to kind of go in and, and take some time and effort to, to build out that profile just to make sure that, you know, when we're going out and we're looking for folks with your types of backgrounds, um, that's the best way for us to be able to connect with you directly and quickly. Mm -hmm. And the good news is it sounds like, and I didn't even realize this, that the, you know, the university uh, actually sets up a basic profile for you. So that's good news. Bad news is if you don't touch it, Mm -hmm. and and build it up, it's not going to do the most work for you. And what you want is you want that profile to be doing work in the background. And another good news, bad news scenario, good news is that you have two platforms that can do work for you, right? Handshake and LinkedIn. Bad news is you have to actually build out both of them. But <laughs> but if you do it, then then it works for you in the background. I, I was so surprised um, earlier this school year when one of uh, the people I was coaching who had um, she had really built out her LinkedIn profile and she was a junior. She's a junior looking for communication wow. skills and, and recruiters were reaching out to her just like you would like recruiters would reach out to someone who has years and years of work experience. Um, she had not had any internship experience yet. She'd had work experience and she did a good job of building out her LinkedIn profile. She actually had recruiters reaching out to her proactively to offer up opportunities for her to consider. And I had never I just did not realize that um, yeah. that that happened. Yeah. I had just done the same thing. We we were hiring some uh, some user experience, user interface designer um, interns and and full time hires here in my current role, and you know that was how I found a lot of the folks that we talked to. Is just some through some very proactive searching on my end to look for folks who were kind of in a certain geographic area that we were looking for that had some of those um, you know types of majors that might fit with UXUI. And, and you know, I think a, a couple of folks that we hired came through that process. And so if they hadn't, you know, created a LinkedIn profile, if they hadn't built it out with kind of the keywords that I was searching for, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that would have happened the way that it would have for them. So that was, that was really, really helpful. Kind of a real yeah. life example as well. And when, when a company goes on campus or they're preparing to go on campus, how is it that they tap into the Handshake platform? Um, mm -hmm. How is it that companies use that platform to kind of get ready to come on campus? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple different ways that we use it from a from an early talent perspective. You know, we 
a lot of companies will host kind of their their handshake uh, career fairs virtually through handshake a lot of folks are doing the same thing in person um, you know we'll, we'll kind of go in and through handshake and register for an event and so you know if your campus is hosting a career fair you can probably log into handshake and see a list of the employers that are going to be there on those certain days so that you can kind of you know prepare yourself and prioritize to make sure that you are going to the career fair on the days when the companies that you want to talk to are there mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of folks will schedule um, on-campus interviews through Handshake as well. So, you know, ah. if we're going to be on campus the day after the career fair, for example, um, we'll leverage Handshake to uh, to build out those interview schedules. So that's another another way that, that we'll use it there. Um, mm-hmm. We've also done a number of uh, kind of in-person and virtual events where we'll, you know, advertise in Handshake. We will, um, you know, send out email communications to certain students of, of, you know, specific majors or graduation years based on the role that we're looking for at the time to um, invite them to an information session or a panel discussion or something of that sort. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's hosted virtually in the Handshake platform itself. Sometimes it's hosted wow. on campus. I mean, just sort of advertised through Handshake. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of students kind of have it set so that their, you know, their emails through Handshake will come and get pushed directly to their school email address, so they don't have to sort of check two different places at one time. And I think that's been um, that's been super helpful. But you know, from what I've been seeing, you know, there are certainly schools that that use other platforms other than Handshake. Um, but uh, I think Handshake has been the most ubiquitous, and that's certainly kind of the, mm-hmm. the one-stop shop for you know just about everything when you're looking for an internship or a full-time role. You know, a lot of employers are, are using that as kind of their central. Uh, their central hub along with their career services offices on campus. And if you don't, if, if you have your profile set up in Handshake, so it's like accurately reflecting your major and your graduation year and everything, then then that works for you and you get pushed mm-hmm. the information based on what the employers are looking for. Do, do, would they actually, do you think they actually get notices if that a particular employer is doing interviews on campus or is that something you need to actually look look at in the platform? I think that piece is usually a little bit more active uh, in terms mm-hmm. of the, the student perspective. You know, I know not all employers offer on-campus interviews. Um, you know, a lot of the times students will be kind of invited to to sign up for an interview and we'll kind of send out a direct link within Handshake to, uh, to schedule your interview. And so, uh, you know, usually that's for students who... Uh, have gone to a career fair, have met with a met with a recruiter or a hiring manager at the career fair, and then they're sort of invited to uh, to schedule ah. an interview that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they have them set up, and then they they like kind of push the students that they're most interested in from having met mm-hmm. them at the career fair towards signing up for the interviews. Exactly. Ah. And then something you said about geography um, struck struck my attention. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you said you were one. doing some searches. Yeah. You said you were doing some searches for, you know, particular skill sets, but in a particular geography, like, you know, if a student is either at a school that's in particular geography or, or they, um, you know, they have in their, like their permanent address, a, a certain geography, like how do they actually position themselves to be open mm-hmm. for whatever geography? Like, is there are there certain preferences that they set to say, hey, I'm, I'm open to positions anywhere? Do yeah, they- I know within Handshake, and I can speak to that because I, I use it just about every day. Uh, uh-huh. I know within Handshake, there are uh, kind of filters that the students can set up to say that, you know, I'm currently located in Philadelphia, for example, but I'm interested in roles in San Francisco or Los Angeles or Dallas, for example. And so when recruiters, uh, you know, when we're kind of going in and we're setting up our, our um our list of, of candidates that we're trying to outreach, you know, we can, we can filter down by students who are either currently located in a specific geography or are interested in roles in, you know, certain geographic areas. So I think that's mm-hmm. another really great way to kind of go in and, and make your profile as robust as you can. You know, if you are originally from Boston, you're going to school in, 
San Francisco, but you're wanting to come back to Boston either for an internship or a full-time opportunity, I think that's a really great, uh, great kind of call out to make sure that you're populating that as well. And do you think it's better that, that, um, I get really hung up on the geography thing because I try and encourage people to be wide open on geography. It gives them the mm-hmm. best chance of getting opportunities. So I'm trying to figure out how do we game the, not game, how do we intentionally <laughs> position to be able to like, you know, get the best experience. I wonder if it's, if it's um, better to, you know, mark yourself as interested in, in a, a lot of different geographies as opposed to kind of just being wide open on geography um, or being too narrow on, on geography. I guess maybe there's mm-hmm. not one right answer to that question. So I yeah. shouldn't be looking for it. Yeah. I, th- I think just, you know, being open is, is certainly helpful. I think, you know, a lot of companies, um, you know, just about every company that I've worked for in the past, we, we don't necessarily provide like relocation support, for example, for interns. And so if you are, able and willing to sort of temporarily relocate yourself for the summer. You know, maybe you are um, uh, currently in Idaho, for example, but your family's in New Jersey and you want to come back here for an internship over the summer between your, between your school years. And you sort of have that, uh, you know, opportunity to kind of live with your family for the summer. I think that's certainly an opportunity, but I think just kind of being, um, being thoughtful about that is helpful. Like I said, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies, especially the internship level, we're not able to provide kind of a relocation lump sum. And so, you know, assuming that you're, you're willing and able to kind of make the, make the temporary relocation on your own. I think that's, that's certainly a a great point. And I think, you know, it opens you up to a lot of different possibilities. If you're kind of narrowly focused on one specific small geographic area, it can certainly limit the number of opportunities that, that are there, especially kind of, you know, thinking about the, the type of metropolitan area that you might be looking at, you know, rural, rural Montana, for example, is very different than, uh, than Philadelphia or kind of the Northeast, for example. And so I think that's something just to think of uh, as well, especially as, as you're looking kind of for your first, your first experience in the corporate world. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't always, you can't always tell what companies are um, able to offer relocation mm-hmm. um, and which ones aren't. So I think like there's some companies that kind of go into the recruiting season with this, uh, like a budget where they, they assume that they're going to be relocating students to their location temporarily. And then there's others who don't. Um, but, but also I I've seen that sometimes, um, if a student has, you know, more than one internship, um, offer and one of them would require that they have to relocate to a different location and they've already gotten the offer for it. And the, the company really wants them. I've seen the company go back to like their fight their budget and see well is there anything we could do mm-hmm. and the answer i'm th- the example i'm thinking of was it ended up being a hard no <laughs> but but they actually did go back and and uh and check it out so you just never know um and so that's uh but i love the advice around how to how to make sure and handshake that you're getting mm-hmm. um yourself set up so that you can be found um by companies that are looking for particular locations it's yeah. really helpful yeah, and you brought up a great point too. I think you know communication is just sort of important throughout the entirety of this process, right? You, I, I tell this to to folks that I'm kind of talking through, especially from a from a full time entry level hire. You know, you don't know what's there unless you ask for it. Um, you know, I, a lot of the time the answer is probably going to be no, but uh, sometimes it you know could be it could be a yes, and you might not have gotten that answer if you if you hadn't kind of had that conversation. And so as you're as you're talking to recruiters, especially if it's a specific company that you're really interested in, you know, I, I would certainly kind of open openly ask the recruiter, you know, is there is there a housing relocation program for interns? You know, what mm-hmm. what offices are you hiring for? Do you have specific locations in X, Y, or Z states or cities? Um, and you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times recruiters will be able to kind of help guide you through that. But you know, we're unfortunately not yet mind readers, and so unless you kind of bring that up to us, you know, it's hard for us to yeah. kind of have that conversation. And so just be as 
you know, as open and honest and communicative, I think, with, with the recruiters and the managers that you're talking to as you possibly can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And stay flexible um, mm-hmm. until the point where that you get that hard no, right? Um, and, uh, but, you know, open to figuring it out. Um, and, and, you know, something I've noticed sometimes on LinkedIn, um, when you see a job that's posted in a particular location, it, it shows up as a particular location in the um, kind of at the surface level. But if you click into it, you'll see that in the in the description, it actually will say that it's it's possible for this position to be in this A location, A, B, C, or D, right? But like, mm-hmm. as you see it on LinkedIn, it might only show one, um, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. sometimes, to, you know, to dig a little deeper. So what are some of the questions that you get from students um, that, you know, they, 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 they maybe were afraid to ask. Right. But, but Phil, you're, you're such a, like a uh, authentic and, and open <laughs> person that I think that they might not be as afraid to ask you. Um, so what are those questions you get from students that maybe they they were afraid to ask? Yeah. I think one of the biggest ones that I hear over and over and over again is, is it bad if I apply to more than one job at a company? Is mm. the, you know, is the recruiter going to look at my, at my profile and say, Oh my gosh, this person applied to five jobs. Like we're not going to hire him. He must be I must have no idea what desperate. he wants to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Desperate. That's a great way. I absolutely not. I think that, you know, if it's a role that you're interested in, if it's a role that you can speak to, um, that you kind of have some sort of experience in or, or knowledge about, I certainly, you know, certainly would not have you not apply to them just because people will think, you know, as a recruiter, mm-hmm. I certainly don't think that. I certainly don't think that like, oh my gosh, this person applied for 87 jobs. They they have no yeah. idea what they're doing. You know, I think that they're interested in the company or if they're interested in kind of getting getting into to a role with, with whatever company I'm working for. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's sort of a, that's a very common question that, that I get. I get, from, I get it from career services offices all the time too. You know, they say, is, is there a maximum number of jobs at your company that a student should apply for? I'm like, get that, get that idea out of your head. Like it's, it's certainly, yeah. certainly not. As long as you kind of meet, you know, meet the minimum qualifications. Again, it's a role that you're interested in and kind of authentically can, can speak about and would take if you're offered. I, I certainly don't mm-hmm. think there's any, um, any harm in that. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the position, it may look, like it's the same position, it's posted five times at the company, but each one of those postings has a different rec number and they could very well have a different recruiter working Mm -hmm. it too. Um, So, you know, if you're like, oh, I already applied to this, a software engineer job at this company, so I shouldn't apply to these other three. um, That's not, that's flawed thinking. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, if, if, if you want a software engineering job at a company and you see 12 of them posted, you apply for them because you might have, you know, three different recruiters who are working those roles and, and then they're going to triangulate perhaps on their list of candidates and be like, Oh, you know, yes, mm-hmm. Phil's, Phil's really interested in software engineering. Oh, I saw him in my rec too. Um, requisition, sorry, I'm using recruiter terms, but <laughs> uh, my, my requisition too. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. What else are they afraid to ask? I think the other one is, you know, students, especially kind of at their at their very onset of their career on college campuses, you know, when they're, you know, a first year or freshman, I think that they can be a little bit nervous to to talk to recruiters and to approach companies because they don't have a lot of that kind of formal experience yet. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I always get the question, you know, I I'm new, I, I'm this is my very first career for I, I have no idea what to say. Like what am I what am I going to talk to the recruiter about? And I like to think that we're we're mostly human beings for the most part. We can generally have uh-huh. a, you know a pretty general and casual conversation, right? So if you just come to the you know come to our booth if it's a company that you're excited about, you know certainly do some 
at least surface level research about who we are and what we do um, and kind of think about how you might be able to fit into that or how the company's mission or values might, you know, connect with, with yours. So again, if you don't have that kind of, you know, robust experience yet, you know, at least you can kind of build yourself a little bit of a brand with that recruiter and a rapport and a connection with that person or that hiring manager. Um, just again, kind of talk about your, your interest and, and what, what brought you to the company and kind of what you think you might be able to, um, you know, one day bring to the company. I think a lot of recruiters will uh, kind of take that as a little bit of a breath of fresh air. At least I do. You know, I talk to a lot of students all the time about very specific jobs and specific skill sets. And it's kind of like a, almost like an interview, but it's not. Um, and so just having kind of those more informal conversations about, you know, my company and what we do and why you're interested in, it, I think is a little bit of a, Ah, like a sigh of relief yeah. and a chance to kind of re-recenter and remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm working for this company and why it's super cool and why I hope you get to come here someday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most recruiters and even the and the people who come on campus, um, who are the business people who come on campus with the recruiters, they're they 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 are pretty invested in the company they're working for, and so they want to know why you're interested in the company and if that if you know that could be it like what 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 brought you over to our table and that's an opening um for the these people mm -hmm. who are very passionate about where they work to just share information with you and yep. so you you know just even that one little nugget about what what brought you over to our table you know hopefully it's not just that you had really cool um <laughs> cool uh, what you, tchotchkes yeah yeah what is swag yes <laughs> yeah um, well, I know from, you know, from my experience, a lot of the folks that volunteer to come to campus, and I said the word volunteer, they're, they're volunteering their time to come and they get excited about talking to students. They want to talk with you. They want to know what you're doing, what kind of cool things you're learning on campus or in your classes. And mm -hmm. they get excited to talk about their job and what they do and why they're at this particular company. And so certainly don't be afraid to to have those more casual conversations. Again, these people are volunteering their time. They, I get told over and over again that a lot of our business leaders, they get energized by coming to campus. They love, they pull the energy from talking to people who are early in their careers and who are excited about what they're doing and um, kind of trying to figure out what, what path they're going to and, and uh, just kind of having those, those very, you know, relaxed conversations, I think is, is a, again, a great way to build your brand and to just kind of, build your own knowledge a little bit about the company and the types of roles that, that they have and, you know, kind of maybe craft your, your professional career going forward and your, your trajectory from that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you as a student, you wish you were in their shoes, right. With a job and a, and, mm -hmm. a, and, a, and a career, but, but in lots of cases, <laughs> the, the person who's standing there, they wish you were, they were back in your shoes mm -hmm. um, as a, as a college student. And maybe they even went to, um, they went to the university and that that's often what happens mm -hmm. is that the volunteers to come on campus, they're, they're coming to the, the campus where they went to school. So they're excited to be there. Yeah, totally. Were there any other questions that students are afraid to ask that you've gotten them to to share with you? <laughs> you know, I think the only other one is, you know, what, what happens if I, if I get an offer and accept it, um, and then I, you know, get an offer from another company that's maybe more aligned to my geographic preferences or my, you know, future career plans, you know, maybe I want to be a um, software engineer, but I accepted a role as a, as an IT project manager, for example, which is it's great, <laughs> but not exactly what I want to do. Um, you know, what, how do I, how do I handle a situation like that? And I think, again, you know, speaking from from myself and a lot of the colleagues that I know in this space, you know, I think for all of us, communication is certainly the key, right? So don't wait until the day that you're supposed to be here for your internship or your your uh, full time right. role to let us know that you've accepted something different. Um, you know, a lot of us 
understand that this is a time when you're exploring different things or trying out different types of opportunities and different types of roles. And, you know, I think that all of these different companies move at a very different pace throughout the hiring process. Some companies might move really quickly and make you an offer, you know, within days or, or a week or so of you interviewing and other companies, the process might take a little bit longer. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're all very tuned into that. And so, you know, if you find yourself in that situation where you have an offer, you've accepted an offer with a company and another company offers you something that's a better fit, you know, just be very, very open and honest with, with the recruiter that, that made you that offer, right? I think, you know, again, speaking from, from my experience, I would much rather folks be very upfront about that process and, and you know, saying that, you know, I found an opportunity that's better aligned with my with my future career plans. And, you know, as a result, I'm going to accept this other offer and, you know, won't be joining your company for the summer. I think, you know, we're, we're much more open to, to situations like that than, like I said, kind of not showing up on your first day when yeah. we expect you to be here. So open, transparent communication, I think, is, is absolutely key in situations like that. Yeah. And, and, and the advice I give to students um, when they are presented with an offer that's maybe not exactly what they were hoping for is to take it mm-hmm. though, right? Like, so even if you're, you're, you know, uh, really targeting a software engineering role, for instance, but the only internship offer you have right now is for an IT project manager, getting that IT project manager experience is still more valuable than holding off and mm-hmm. waiting for that perfect software engineering role to come along. So, so I think that, that, you know, the advice would be to, yes, you know, cause you know, you accept it and you go in and, and, and be open to what you're going to learn in that role. Um, and then that's going to, every experience you have is going to make you more prepared for that, that more perfect yeah. role down the line. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's awkward um, when you just don't show up um, on the first day of the internship <laughs> because the company was excited to see you. They're excited to get you started. They probably have like a backpack full of goodies yeah. um, that they were waiting to give to you. And, and so just not showing up is a real bummer. And that's a good way to, to make a little bit of a memorable, not for the best reasons, uh, right. mark on your reputation, right? Because if we see you, you know, apply a couple of years later, a lot of the time mm-hmm. the recruiter will say, wasn't that the person who uh, who didn't show up on their first day? And, and that's, you know, maybe not the best sort of impression to leave, especially at a company that you're looking to, you know, come back right. to at some point. Right. It's so much better to just talk to yep. the recruiter beforehand and let them know that you're not coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So... I've been noticing on uh, on Facebook recently that I have friends who are welcoming home their freshmen, right? So, yay, you know, <laughs> so-and-so survived their first year and did great at, you know, university of whatever. So happy to have them home, right? But I, in the back of my mind, because I'm always thinking about career and internships and everything, it never gets turned off. I'm thinking okay, well, I wonder what they're doing for the summer, right? And and so maybe they already have plans that they're going to spend the, the summer down at the beach and they're going to be a lifeguard at the local pool. And, you know, they have, they're going to go back to waitressing at the Waffle House that they've been doing for, you know, the last few summers. But, you know, if, if I could give them advice about what to do for, to get ready for the fall, if you could give them advice about what to do to be ready for the fall semester, what would that be? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're going back to a lifeguarding job or a waitressing job, for example, this is a really great opportunity to think a little bit differently about how you might be able to present those, you know, going back to the conversation we had a little bit earlier, you know, if you're not doing a formal internship experience, what opportunities did you have in those types of roles to provide leadership to your team? to, you know, kind of take on something, something additional to provide, you know, some different opportunities for, you know, 
customer communication, for example. I think there, there are some, some very different ways that you can think about some of those experiences in a different way and prep your resume over the summer as mm-hmm. you kind of go through that, uh, that experience so that you're ready and fresh with a brand new updated resume that you're not updating the night before career fair and forgetting everything that you did over the summer. Um, you know, when you're back yeah. on the craziness of campus, you know, this is a really, you know, generally quiet time in terms of kind of career progression in, in the early talent space. You know, I think a lot of students are taking the summer to, like you said, kind of take maybe a vacation or a trip to the beach. But, you know, I think there's, because of that, there's ample time to kind of plug into and think of some of these other opportunities that, you know, you might get kind of sidetracked with, with during the school year. I, I always tell people, you know, a, a resume is a living, breathing document. It shouldn't just be sitting static on your desktop until you need it. Um, you know, as soon as I mm-hmm. get a new role, as soon as I take on a new project, I add a bullet point, I tweak it, you know, every couple of weeks. Um, so you should mm-hmm. certainly be doing that over the summer as well. Um, yeah. What if you don't even have a resume yet, right? Like if you're a freshman and you yeah. come home and you don't have a resume, um, I, it was just pointed out to me. Um, and, and I know that, you know, companies are getting ready all summer. You're getting ready to come back on campus. Well, mm-hmm. like the people who work in like the campus career center and stuff, they also work um, during the summer, um, and they're accessible to you. Um, so if you don't have a resume, mm-hmm. um, you know, figure out whether it's, uh, something that you need to, you know, get advice from the career center or, or, you know, just get, you know, figure out on your own, uh, YouTube it and, and go on the inner interwebs, um, and, <laughs> and get that resume going. Right. So some, some students don't even have a resume yet. Um, yeah. and then what about that, that, you know, perhaps that those platforms like handshake and LinkedIn, I mean, they're open. Yep. all summer long and they're open at night, right? Like, so you can, you can do it, you know, <laughs> in your spare time during the summer. Um, so, you and know, it's, uh, they're very accessible via cell phone. So if you're laying on the beach and in, in the sun and relaxing, just take a minute mm-hmm. and get yourself a nice headshot on LinkedIn, update your, your, uh, your, uh, your header yeah. on LinkedIn too. Uh, that's a really, really great and easy way to kind of think about that again, so that you're not racing at the last minute the night before career fair and probably forgetting all the different things that you, you know, could have added if you were taking your time and put a little bit more thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even want to get me started about headshots and what they should look like on the, <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is easy to, uh, and summer actually would be a great time to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, refresh your headshot. Um, right. Um, just make sure that you're not doing it in your bathing suit. Uh, you know, put some appropriate, clothing on but you're you know summer's a great time because the weather looks nice and you know you can take a shot outside and and have a friend or family member update your headshot for you so easy steps yeah um, easy steps to get ready well phil thank you so much uh for jumping onto this podcast and and sharing your expertise and sharing those questions that the students are afraid to ask and you can give them the answers to um uh, it's really great to have you on the career chat room. Yeah, thank you so much. I love talking about this stuff. And so I, I think most of my recruiter colleagues are the same. So like I said, we're, we're very much human beings. If you if you have a question, don't be afraid to ask us. That's what we're here for. We're here to help kind of guide you through this process. We're all very familiar with kind of the early talent process. We were all in your shoes at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if I could leave any closing remarks, I would just say be, sure. you know, be, be open, be communicative and then don't be don't be afraid don't be afraid to, to try something new or, or talk to a new company that you might not have kind of thought about yeah yeah you know you can ask those questions phil's just proven that you can ask those questions and he does not think the less of you <laughs> of it um, and you can get the answers that you need so that wraps up another episode of the career chat room thank you for listening for tuning in and be sure to join us next time bye now